she couldn't hit us hard enough to, to make a difference. And, you know, you got four boys and one girl at home. And so she just said, yeah, you just wait till your dad gets home. So she knew how to, to flex her muscle in the right way. But then I think about some of the spiritual women that influenced my life. My first youth pastor, Nancy Weichel, um, loved on me. You know, spent a lot of time at her house. Nancy Ady, a first senior pastor's wife that, uh, and her and I had, you know, just had such a unique relationship through the years of uh, just giving each other a hard time. Um, Rita Manning uh, really, uh, when I was in college, really invested in me and, and helped me to develop really into, uh, you know, the man that I am today with my faith. Um, Carol Rowe. You know, um, she has loved on us through so many times. Um, you know, we have a long-term relationship. I met her, you know, back uh, years ago when uh, I visited Nancy here at this church before we uh, were ever married, and. Uh, not when I visited Nancy, I was here for a youth pastor's meeting and uh, met Nancy at that moment. And, uh, but uh, God, God has a way of putting people in your path to influence your life. How many of you can remember a significant um, lady that really was instrumental in, in who you are today, influencing you? You know? You know I'm, I'm thankful for men and, and their position, but I tell you what, there is something about the, the women of God that he placed in our path to influence us. And, and I would believe that you are one of those uh, today for somebody. Because I know, I know you uh, as ladies, as moms. And, uh, and I know you are instrumental in so many people's lives. We are blessed uh, with some amazing moms. And, uh, you know, we're celebrating them today. So, do me a favor. Um, just greet one another. If your mom's here, just go over and give her a hug. And uh, just let her know how important she is. And uh, celebrate moms for a moment. And then you can be seated. Thank you, worship team. <laughs> Thank you, Luca. <laughs> All right, kiddos are heading down, and so uh, it was great having them in worship with us. It was, uh, we have a lot of kids out sick right now, um, so pray for moms, 
Um, on Friday, um, Isaiah was coming down sick, and uh, we were trying to let Tia go out and do a couple things, and uh, Isaiah would have nothing to do with that. Um, so if, if Tia got out of his visual range, um, he was having issues. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, there, there are times that, you know, and he was just miserable with her as he was with us, but, but he wouldn't let her go far. So he was just miserable. And, you know, when you're, you know, one, uh, you touch everything and you, um, you know, rub your nose on everything. And so he passed all of that he had onto his brothers, praise God. So... Uh, how many of you are familiar with that? You know, when one gets it, um, the others just share the love. Um, now, there are a blessing on that. You know, we've shared before. You know, when, I, uh, when one of us growing up got chicken pox, you know, my mom had us all come around. It's not like separation. It's like everybody get it, so we get over this. Um, you know, and, but it was, uh, sometimes motherhood was different back in the day. Um, uh, you know, we are here because of mom, right? Whether you realize it or not. <laughs> um, but, uh, boy, the, the endurance and stability and uh, perseverance. And uh, there are so many words that we can relate to mom. Now, I, hey, I recognize that not every, not every mom is above amazing, you know. I realize that not every mom is stellar, you know. Hey, when we live in the world, you know, you get what the world presents. And uh, unfortunately, our world is, is, is filled with self-absorbed um, people. And if someone fills into that, feeds into that, you know, I remember back in the day where you would never hear about a mom running off and, uh, um, from her family. Uh, but today, that is uh, very common. But it doesn't remove the blessing that God has placed on motherhood. And so today, I want to talk to you about the, the motherhood mantle. The motherhood mantle. And so I, I have... Um, ask for um, a mom squad. I, I've tried to put together a mom squad. So if I've, I've put you together as my mom squad, if you would come up here. Let me see here. Miss Karen, if you'd come. Miss Karen, I need, you're number six. Sorry, you were close enough to Carol, so. All right, so you all give me a moment, talk among yourselves. Ladies, come here. I've got a
<laughs> How many of you relate? Um, <laughs> what was that, Ryan? <laughs> Don't get your wife appliances. Well, you know, there's probably, ladies, my, my mom's squad, come up here and sit and face this, this amazing crown of witnesses. Now, I promise you, you don't have to say anything, and I won't make you sit here the whole time, but spread out. Use that whole stage area. Oh, wait, you already do. All right. <laughs> so, even as our, uh, our guy was joking around with his people there, and he was talking about uh, going out and getting his, uh, yeah, wave to Facebook land there, um, uh, as he was going out and getting his... Um, uh, wife there a vacuum to celebrate her. That's <laughs> a good gift. Elaine. Elaine's of a generation that that would have been celebrated. Um, as long as a good one. But, but as I was thinking about motherhood, there are symbols that our society utilizes to identify moms. They label them. They, they force them into a mold. You know, we've got us a rolling pin over here. We've got a frying pan. we got baby food, you know. Uh, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. Uh, we got an apron. Um, we've got rubber gloves. And then we have uh, our vacuum. <laughs> Ms. Elaine, you're having way too much fun with, for my illustration right now. <laughs> um, that lady, she's just going to take over here in a minute. So, so, uh, so uh, even though society utilizes these as an identity, as a, a way to single apart moms, I want you to know um, that God has a way of taking these items and blessing them in the midst of our society. And I'm not trying to fit every, every, every woman into this mold. Um, the, please hear me. Whether, um, wh- whoever you are, wherever you're at, this is, I'm not saying that this has to be everybody's identity. But I'm just saying that there is a blessing in the identities that we have to operate in. There is a mantle of blessing that God accompanies each one of these items with. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here this morning. And so ladies, um, you can leave your items up here on stage and uh, you can go back to your, um, your seat there. So as we, uh, if we, as we look at the significance, at the, the mantle of motherhood or the motherhood mantle, I, I'd like to just help us to frame the importance of moms as I started to do earlier. I'd like to be able to frame the importance of mom through all the things that we have experienced in life. As I was looking at some of the statistics earlier on, 
Uh, that they, there, are, there are numbers that talked about the earlier numbers for the churches um, in the establishment and the, the continuation of the church back, you know, from the 60s um, through the 80s. Um, some numbers had as high as two-thirds to three-quarters of the church was filled with women. Now, that, that shares a pretty important um, number. Open Bible, which we're part of Open Bible denomination, um, had significant women that were instrumental in the planting of churches across uh, the United States. Uh, women that, that led in this area of ministry. Uh, most prayer ministries have been established by and continued on by, by women. Now, I'm not saying it has to be that way. I'm just telling you what it has been by the statistics. I know the church that I, I was saved in, when I look back and I think about that, it was mostly moms. We, my dad didn't go to church. Um, it was my mom that was instrumental in us getting saved. And, and I look at the number of women that as I, you know, look back through the churches that I've been part of, and, and women were a significant piece of the establishment of the faith system. When, when I was growing up, my dad told my mom frequently that her place was at home, that her job was the raising of the children. That's right, and that's what they used to do, Miss Elaine. And, and it was, um, she was responsible for the house, okay? She made sure the house was cleaned, <laughs> meals were cooked, laundry was done. The only time I ever saw my dad um, fix a meal or do, try to do laundry, I'm going to say try, um, was when my mom was in the hospital after giving birth to a child. Mom wasn't allowed to be sick, being sick when we were growing up. You know, my wife will tell you, if we have a kid that's throwing up, the odds of me cleaning that up are pretty slim, because I will add to it, you know, it's just, um, that him throwing up, that was me. <laughs> uh, I am not going to, you don't want me near someone who is, is throwing up, because it will add to the problem. But... <laughs> and other problems. We won't talk about all the other things that kids have the ability to put on walls. Um, but, <laughs> man, I just, I look at our kids, and, and we have, I have amazing kids. I'll, I'll brag about them frequently. But, but really, when I look back, I mean, yes, I, I believe I had a, a significant role in their life, but I'm going to be honest, it was their mother that really was instrumental in their faith growing up. I was gone a lot. Um, and every day when she was homeschooling, they started their day doing devotions. And, and their devotions sometimes would go an hour and a half, two hours. You know, it was, it was a major part of their educational system was learning the Word of God, learning how to study the Word, learning how to uh, process the Word of God. I look at the number of women throughout history that have done that. And Sunday schools were populated by women teachers. You know, um, we have been blessed. But outside of that blessing, our society wants to try to squeeze women into a role with an item. And that's what these, these pieces up here are really symbolic of the molds that our society wants to shove women into. 
the rolling pin, the, the frying pan, the baby food. The, you know, they used to say women were you know, meant to be barefoot and pregnant. How many of you ever heard that? You know, um, My mother did not have her driver's license until the last kid in our house graduated high school because she didn't need to go anywhere. You know, even if she had it, my, we didn't have a car that she was going to be able to drive. That was, you know, that was my, you know, that was my dad's mentality. You know, and so baby food, aprons, cleaning up everything, rubber gloves, vacuuming, all these things really are, are this mold that society wants us to fit in. And, and because society has manipulated and twisted and tried to force some of these things, there, there begin to be established a negative mindset around these things to where many today really don't want to have any identity with these pieces. And, and we, we miss out on some of the blessing that God has surrounding these items. Now, these items aren't just for women. And I know, I know all of you, you know, most of you here, and I watch you in your own lives, and you cook, and you clean, and you do, you do an equal, you know, well, maybe not equal, but a, a significant part of these items as well. But today, I'd like to talk to you about these items really being part of a, of a mantle, a mantle of blessing. So I want to define for you just for a moment uh, this, this concept of, of mantle. And the, the definition of mantle is glory or a cloak, um, splendor, magnificence. Um, it was typically made of fur. Some of you say, well, you'll take a fur. Um, or fine material, such as linen. Uh, the main difference when I looked, was reading about mantles, was that um, they were either made out of animal hair or fine linen. And the significance of them is that they were, they were this item that, that identified a blessing or a position of authority. Um, they were something that carried with it an anointing. One of the uh, probably most popular passages that, that really identify this whole concept of a mantle um, is uh, the, the passage dealing with... Uh, Elisha and Elijah. On our screen, we've got one of the passages, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. It says, before Elijah was translated into heaven, he, he said, um, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your blessings that company uh, certain pieces of uh, material items that have the ability to carry with it a blessing and anointing. And today I pray you would help us to understand that, experience that here today. We ask for this in your name. Amen. As Elijah was drawing near to the end of his time, Elisha recognized this, and, and Elisha was the, the student. You know, he was uh, the understudy. He was following Elijah around everywhere he went. Um, it's like kids following mom, you know. <laughs> they, they go wherever mom goes, right? 
uh, in the house. And, and praise God where, you know, I, like Luca, you know, I know he loves Willie. You know, you, there, is, there is no question about, you know, dad is, is such an important figure in his life. Uh, but today is not about dads. Today is about moms. And uh, um, we are the understudies of our moms. You know, we're learning from them. We're experiencing them. And Elisha, as he was recognizing that, that God was getting ready to do something with Elijah, Elijah was prepping him. And Elijah said to Elisha, he said, he said listen, before I leave you, ask whatever you want. And if, if you're able to see me before I leave here, it's going to happen. Now Elijah tried to convince Elisha several times to stay behind, to not follow him, to not be part of the things that he was doing. But Elisha was unwilling to separate himself from that, that position. He believed that, that there was a blessing in his pursuit of Elijah. And so Elisha said, he said, when you leave, he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And, and the, the stipulation was that he had to see Elijah leaving. And so he was present. Now, if you had this stipulation on your life that if you wanted the full blessing, the full anointing of God, that you would follow and be part of everything your, your mother was doing, what would you do? <laughs> I am thankful that Nancy um, began at a very young age teaching her children how to cook. You know, uh, I remember coming home and the kids would be standing on chairs at the stove cooking fried bologna. Um, that was probably one, I don't know if that was one of the first items they started cooking, but it was definitely um, one of the items they cooked. How many of you ever had fried bologna? Okay, it's, it's delicious. And uh, so my kids learned to cook it, and they each had their own style of cooking, and still today, every one of my kids, I don't, I don't ever worry about it, any one of them could could prepare a meal for us if they were assigned to do so because they've learned how to cook. They, they take care of their own food and stuff. And they, we, you know, as soon as Nancy could teach them how to do laundry, they've all, they all have been responsible for their own laundry. Those were things that we taught them. Now, if this fits you, I'm not trying to single you out. But I've met college kids that have no idea how to cook a meal for themselves. I've met college kids that don't know how to do dishes. Now listen, you can get by for a while on a piece of bologna, you know, shoved between two pieces of bread. You know, you can live on fast food and all the other things out there. But at some point, you're going to have to learn how to cook a few things. You know, at some point, you're, you're probably going to not want all your clothes to look, you know, blue or pink. Or whatever color, you know, they blend to, you know, you want to, do, you want to learn a few things along the way, right? So that's where I, I look at us being in that position of Elisha, following around Elijah, following around the teacher. We look at the New Testament example, the disciples followed around Jesus. And they were there, Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will teach you to be a fisher of men. See, he was teaching them to do that which he had come to do. 
but he also knew that he was leaving. And so he wanted to bless them in such a way that they were going to be able to continue on doing that which he had started. And that's what Nancy did for our kids growing up. You know, was just teaching them, hey, I'm not going to be with you all the time. And you need to learn to do these things on your own. And, and you know what? Some things are going to get burned along the way. Some things are not going to be edible when they're finished, right? You know, it happens. I remember one thing of beef stew when it was done. There was no one else that was going to eat this. It was, it was a significant amount of spice in this beef stew. And you know what? I've watched people eat those things and think, well, I made it. I'm going to, you know, eat it. So. But I look at the blessing of being able to impart these levels of truth. And, and it's because, and it, this isn't just trying to, to, to put Nancy on a pedestal. I'm just talking to you about what I know. Okay? I wasn't taught to do laundry growing up. You know, my mom did all the laundry in the house. I learned um, when I went to Bible college and I had to start doing my own laundry. And uh, it was some rough lessons. You know, I am thankful that I had some people step up when I was in college that taught me a lot of lessons. Um, you know, uh, Rita Manning taught me how to cook a lot of things. You know, when I was out in Oregon living out there. I spent a lot of time at her house. You know, she was our, my pastor's wife and she really poured into me to teach me how to, really how to take care of myself. How to, how to iron a shirt. How many of you knew how to iron a shirt before you, you, I didn't know how to iron a shirt when I went to college, you know? Um, now, granted, I didn't have a lot of fancy stuff. I was pretty plain, but I, I needed someone to teach me. But in order for them to teach me, I had to want to learn. And so Nancy taught her kids these things because they wanted to learn. I, I remember back to, uh, to God getting ready to release his greatest blessing that he had for the world. And he went to the Virgin Mary. And he, and he, he called her out and he said, um, <laughs> highly favored one. Highly favored one. He says, I, I have a blessing for you that not only is going to be for you, but it's going to be for all generations. And, and Mary, this, this teenager, this innocent young lady said, be it unto me as you say. And this, this event of motherhood was going to change your life forever. Now how many can you honestly say that motherhood changed your life forever? Um, it changes your body and everything else, right? <laughs> it, is, it is amazing. I, I mean, I, I sit on this side, praise God, as I was at the hospital as my kids were being born, thinking, Lord, this is truly amazing, and thank you that, you know, you called uh, moms to do this. <laughs> Can you imagine one of us men in there giving birth? It would be an ugly situation. <laughs> 
when Elisha asked what he, he did, um, Elijah told him, he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And so Elijah, Elisha was there when Elijah was taken. And, and he tore his garments into two pieces and took up the mantle of Elijah. And that began the transition from Elisha being the follower to Elijah being the, or Elisha being the leader. And he picked up a mantle. So, as I said, the mantle of motherhood, we identify these items with motherhood. But God looks at them as being a mantle of spiritual authority. Uh, God looks at them as being a mantle of um, His anointing. God specifically gave moms the ability to bring forth life, to be co-creators in the world. Now, I realize they need, they need us. We, we, are co- we work with them, right? <laughs> no baby comes forth without, you know, dad. We're not here talking about that full lesson. That's another lesson that you could talk to somebody else about. Um, But he chose and uniquely gifted moms with the ability to bring forth life. Something that he started in the beginning. He spoke and life became. And he gifted moms with this ability. And and the blessings that he wanted to part- or bestow on moms has been, um, has been squashed because of man's manipulation of some of these items. Trying to force them and, and demean them. Because let's be honest, some men throughout history have demeaned women who walk in this anointing. Now my, my wife knew from the very young age that her primary desire was to be a stay-at-home mom. She never once viewed that as a curse. She viewed it as a blessing, and she experienced the anointing through those items. There, there was spiritual moments that happened in all these things, from the making of bread. You know, I look at this, this rolling pin, and uh, um, my wife in South Dakota became famous for her fresh bread. Um, she has a, a, a grinder, a grain grinder, and she would get, uh, we could get uh, all this fresh grain out there um, from this uh, group that came through. And uh, she would grind the grain and she would make fresh, gra- or fresh bread with all the amazing things. And my kid, you know, several of my kids just liked it plain and simple cin- cinnamon bread. But man, mine, she'd have all, I can't even tell you all the things in it, but it was, you know, you pick up the bread and it was like, you know, a two pound piece of bread. By the time it was done, things falling out of it, and um, it was truly amazing. But, but it became a blessing. See, anything that, the, that God sets up as a blessing, the world wants to twist it and make it a curse. But it's our choice. I, I've been really focusing on mindset a lot. Because if we don't change our mindset... It is easy for us to walk in the understanding that the world establish, establishes for the definition of things. But who do you want to side with? Do you want to side with, with God? 
Or do you want to side with the world? Do you want to identify with the Scriptures or do you want to identify with the, the, the mentality of our society? And so, each one of these items are significant. Now, what I've done is tried to create some, some simple parallels between these items and some of the blessings that can come as we look at them. And so, we're going to look at those just for a moment as I wind down our morning with us. The rolling pin, I look at it, and, and so many moms have, have been able to embrace this special ability to smooth things out, to give new perspectives in life. I look at Romans 8.28, and we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. And, and I look at this rolling pin, and, and, and the blessing that accompanies this piece uh, of uh, equipment <laughs> and how good someone under the direction of the Holy Spirit can help smooth some things out in life. I look at the rubber gloves and the vacuum. You know, the messes of life that are created like somebody you know, throwing seed around the sanctuary last week. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Hebrews 10.22 Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. There is a cleansing factor that comes with, uh, with these items, with you know, the ability to clean things up. I love a clean house. I don't have a problem jumping in and cleaning. Now, there's some things that I'm not. You don't have me clean a window. I've done it. I look at I stand back and I think, I don't know if it's clean or not, you know. It looks better, maybe. Sometimes I clean them and it's like, that looks worse. I should have left it alone. I know how to vacuum a floor. I, I'm good at vacuuming. I won't tell you I am good at cleaning a bathroom. But I can do it. But I appreciate the clean things. But I also appreciate the ability to have a clean heart. <laughs> I, I appreciate the ability to have my mind sprinkled with the things of God's Word that, that cleanse me and renew me. See, there is a blessing, and when you begin to walk in the anointing, you're able to take modern day things and create an illustration that helps people understand the significance of these events in our lives. Just like daily we have to clean up, daily we have to come to the Lord and let Him bless us, cleansing us. An apron. How many of you have ever destroyed a piece of clothing because you were cooking in the kitchen and grease splattered on you? that is me. Now, we have aprons probably within 20 feet of our stove, hanging up. Normally three or four of them. And yet, <laughs> I will go over and start cooking without putting one on. And sometimes I will walk by those aprons five or six times. And the first time the grease pops, you think, oh, then I'll go over and get it after the fact. But see, there's a shield 
piece to the apron. You know, Proverbs 35 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. That, that apron is meant to, to be a protective barrier in our cleaning process, in our cooking, in so many things of life. And just in cleaning, you know, we need to not be afraid of the aprons because of the shield factor. And, and as we're wearing it, we're able to walk around and say, Lord, thank You for being a shield to me. For protecting me from all the things that would want to harm me. Baby food. You know, I, as I was thinking about this, I were, you know, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 came to mind. It says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. And I, and I look at it, and there is this understanding that God recognizes the seasons of our life, and He feeds us proportionately to what we actually need. But the truth is, baby food only satisfies for a while. And we have to grow beyond this. Now there are some people that enjoy staying on the simple things of life. <laughs> they don't want to get too detailed because it imparts a level of responsibility the more you start walking in these different levels of anointing. But God says, listen, you weren't created to live on baby food the whole, your whole life. Pots and pans. <laughs> I love Matthew 14, 15, and 16. As, you know, we, we're, we love this, the, the passage dealing with uh, Jesus feeding the, the multitudes. But I love 15 and 16 as you know, we sometimes skip over in our addressing of this passage. As evening approached, the disciples came to Him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Send everybody away. <laughs> so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, how many of you have been the recipients of somebody just stopping in at dinner time? <laughs> now, I was that person always stopping in at dinner time. When I was a college student, I knew when my, my friends, my, my adult friends had you know, dinner time, and I would stop in. Now, after the first couple times, they realized that I knew. And so they'd already have a place for me at their table. Praise God. See, you always need to prepare. Now, my wife is amazing at this. If someone's coming over, her mind immediately switches to all the things that she can gather together and create a meal. And she wants to send them home food, and she wants to bless them. And, um, and that's, that's part of this. But the, the pots and pans are symbolic of the responsibility that we actually have to feed people, not just with physical food, but the things of the Word of God. <laughs> you know, I cannot tell you the number of times that my wife has sat up till late in the morning, I was going to say all night, but you know, close, listening to our children download their lives. <laughs> Dad's sleeping, mom's sitting there listening. <laughs> And, um, but they, 
they've created this, she's created this, this understanding with them, and they know, and they go to her freely, and she listens. And she imparts, imparts truth to them. Now, they come to me for other things, but that piece of it is very unique to them, to her. And um, she is an amazing listener in all the things of life, but she also speaks the truth. So, so she's not going to just listen without imparting the truth of God in their lives. She may, they may share all of her problems, but she's going to redirect them to the things of the Word of God. You know, because those are the things that have the ability to guide us and direct us in life. And so, as you can see from these different things and the things that I've shared, we can look at these in a negative mindset. Or we can look at them in a spiritual mindset because we choose to identify the blessings of God that accompany each phase of our life, each opportunity that we have to impart truth. So I'm thankful for mom. I'm thankful for the godly women that I've, I've had the opportunity to know. I, I'm thankful for the examples that have gone before me. I, I love Miss Carol and and the things, I mean, this woman will do anything for her kids and grandkids. It doesn't matter how many things she has scheduled in her life <laughs> in that moment. It no longer becomes important when they call and say, hey, Grandma, Mom, I need you. She drops those things and she goes. See, I've learned those things from, from spiritual leaders. I didn't, I didn't have grandparents. You know, all my grandparents on both my mom and dad's side of the family uh, had all died by the time I was, I think, 12 years old. So I never knew them. And they didn't, you know, we didn't spend any time with them. And they weren't godly people, you know. So we didn't experience, I, didn't ex I didn't learn those lessons from them. But I'm thankful that godly women didn't have a fear about these things, and they began to speak into my life even the responsibility that was mine when it came to each one of these areas. Because these aren't just things for a mom. They're things for each one of us in our life, but sometimes we have to learn the blessing that accompanies these things. And so I, I believe that if you can take whatever mindset the world is wanting to put on and, and set that aside and look to God's Word, I believe God can bless it and take you to a new place in Him. So moms, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for your, your um, influence your impact on the body of Christ, on this church, on, on me. Thank you. Um, I appreciate each one of you. I, I could single each one of you out for different things today. You know, not that I would want to intentionally leave anyone out. I, I know, you know, Miss Elaine is never going to let me alone on certain things. Now, it is a blessing to me. Because I need to have, I, I am glad that there is someone that is so concerned about everything. 
you know, if she doesn't hear about someone who's not at church, she's going to come to me until I get an answer. Now, that doesn't mean that she doesn't also pursue that answer on her own, because she has, and normally when she comes to me, it's because all of her efforts have been fruitful. You know, she, she comes to me because she, she hasn't been able to get the answer, and she, she says, Pastor, I need you to, to get on this. And because she doesn't have a you know, smartphone or a computer, uh, anything that needs Google, I know it doesn't matter where we're at in life, she's going to say, Pastor, Google that. She knows the terminology, but she, <laughs> that's, Miss <laughs> um, Martha is, is just going to be this loving mom to me all the time. She just loves on me. She, she wants to in, impart truth to me all the time. She wants to make sure she takes care of me. She asks me if I want to eat fruit every single Sunday, every Sunday. Now, I had, banana, I had half a banana from Martha today. 99% of the time, I just say, no, thanks, I'm good. Don't I miss Martha? <laughs> and it's not all fruit that she's giving. She's also, I'm also saying no to some of the sweets. Um, but, uh, but she's going to keep going because she knows that I need them. She's going to keep asking. She doesn't force me. She does tell me I need to make sure I take care of myself. That I rest. You know, this is coming from someone who, well, I won't talk about that. So. <laughs> who maybe doesn't rest enough. Because she's always working and serving. So, but I could start, I could list each one of you off for different things that you've blessed my life with and my family. And, and, and I'm appreciative of that. I believe there is a special blessing and anointing when you walk in your calling. And, and I know some amazing women who lead in the business force and the workforce, and, and they're doing amazing things for God and leading in some very special and unique ways. And I appreciate them as well. Someone who, who doesn't have kids is no less of an important person as someone who does. And even if our society tries to label them, those, our society has not been given the authority of, by God to label us. God's Word has. God has. And we have to quit listening to the things of the world and just be who God's called us to be. So, I'm going to pray. We're going to take up our offering here in a minute, and ladies, um, before you leave, we have a special gift on the back table. There is, uh, there's three piles, so there's a pile of devotions. There is um, some gift cards, if you're a gift card writer, or there is um, one box of left of um, uh, scripture memory cards, um, or there is a little bracelet and a bookmark. So, um, we've got a variety for you today. And just, you know, we know it's, it's something small. We can never give you enough to say thank you um, for all that you do. Uh, but we want to say thank you, and we just want to say we appreciate you. So, uh, uh, in just a few moments, uh, our kids are going to be coming up and uh, bless us also. Um, so, we want to make sure uh, that you are ready to be blessed, all right? And I pray that each one of you moms experience the blessing of God today in some way from your families. Um, so, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for our moms. I thank you for the special blessing that they are. And today I pray um, that you would help us to express it even in a little more significant way. Um, 
I realize that we need to show appreciation every day for them uh, and all the things that they do. Uh, but I pray that in the midst of all these things that we've talked about today and the blessings that accompany them, that you would help us to, um, to sit back and thank you for the blessings that accompany the identity of mom as you have established. And uh, we just thank you. We pray your blessing on uh, our offering today, that you would multiply it to meet the needs of our church. We thank you for the faithfulness of your people in their giving. Father, as uh, I sit here and I think about um, some of our people going through some difficult things right now, I think about uh, Michael and Tia as they deal with uh, just sickness with uh, uh, all the kids. And I pray you touch them and touch the kids. We pray healing in their bodies. Uh, I pray for Isaac and as he uh, uh, took uh, Sawyer home, uh, not just not feeling good. I pray healing in his body today. Uh, just be with him. Uh, I pray for... Um, Robert, as he is uh, uh, Lord on this, uh, this path for hip surgery coming up here, and Father, the pain that he's dealing with every day, I pray that you would touch him in his body, that you would bring healing and, and relief, um, that you would give doctors wisdom as they, uh, they work with him on this. Uh, I pray for, uh, Father, the uh, people that are growing through different challenges in life right now, and the things that are happening in our body where uh, people are fighting the enemy. Uh, I just thank you that we have the ability to stand with you in the midst of difficult times. For Constance, as she's continuing to go through these evaluations and preparation for this, uh, these transplants and the things that the doctors are wanting to do. Father, we know that we trust you, and I, I thank you even as she called this week and uh, talked to Nancy that, uh, Father, uh, Pastor Nancy was able to just to pray with her and just speak peace over her. Father, I just thank you that we have the ability to call upon you in our time of need. And whatever the need may be, I pray that you would meet the needs in the lives of your people today. Help us to walk in it. I pray also that you would help us each one to accept the responsibility to be your hands and feet to this, this body and to this world that you've called us to serve in. That we would be able to take a message of hope to them wherever we go. And uh, we just thank you for these things. Um, be with us in all things. Bless our offering. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for all of your faithfulness in areas. And uh, Miss Linda did a tremendous job uh, cleaning up all my seeds from last week. And so she wouldn't let me pick up the vacuum and do it. I was going to do it. She said, no, I got it. And, uh, and sure enough, by Monday, they were done. So... Miss Meredith has something? All righty. Okay, so Isaac wanted me to announce the men's group. <laughs> uh, it's May 30th at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. He said you're going to be watching and discussing. Are you ready for this? Exodus chapter 6. And 19, Isaiah 52, and 1 Peter chapter 2. So Great there job. There we go. And we have several things coming up. Please pay attention to your, the announcements that are coming out. We have um, VBS that's coming up and some other things. So uh, God bless you all. Love on one another. And moms, don't forget your special gift.